Take your Bibles, if you will, and open them with me to Matthew chapter 27. Matthew 27. And I want to read you just a, just, just one little paragraph that starts, um, at verse 45. Matthew 27, uh, verse 45. Now from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lima sabachthani, that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, this man is calling out, is calling Elijah. And one of them at once ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. The other said, wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. The grass withers, the flower fades, but um, the word of our God, that endures forever. You know, I think I have confused you just a bit, and for that I'm sorry. Uh, let me explain. Back in the last part of April, we started a series uh, entitled Spiritual Depression, Its Causes and Its Cures. We didn't finish that series, and we're going to, but we, we didn't, haven't finished it yet. Uh, but we set it aside because Mother's Day rolled around, and so we introduced another series, that series being uh, on family, marriage, parenting, that kind of thing. We, we didn't finish that series, but we're going to. But then um, uh, the high school youth trip rolled around, and we put that series aside while I introduced yet a third series concerning themes from, from Romans chapter 1. And uh, so this morning, we're going to set all of that aside because it's the Lord's Supper Sunday. Um, here at Grace Evan, folks, uh, the Lord's Supper trumps everything. We, we take one Sunday a month to enjoy this, this sacrament. And, and by that I mean we, we focus on it. We make it the center uh, of, our, uh, of everything that's going on. We don't tack it on at the end. It becomes the very heartbeat of our worship service for this one Sunday per month. And there's a reason, and I want to explain that to you. I want to do it like this. Last weekend, um, actually last Saturday, June the 6th, was the uh, 65th anniversary of D-Day. Now, for those of you who are too young or perhaps don't remember what D-Day is, let me explain what D-Day was. That was the day when over 156,000 Allied troops stormed the beaches at Normandy, France, and, and breached the vaunted Atlantic Wall that Hitler had built. I, I love the story. I love to read about it. I, I love... I love to learn things about it. I love to look at the maps about it. I, I, um, I'm reading a book right now, and which is the biography of um, Eisenhower. Um, 
had to keep thinking. Eisenhower was the big kahuna. He then went on to become a president in this country, you may recall, uh, from 52 to 60. But, but anyway, uh, I, 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 the first third of the book is all about the war years uh, of Eisenhower and, and, and little details that come out of that book. They, they all just, they all fascinate me. For instance, this is a new one that I, I just learned that, you know, the big issue when D-Day rolled around was weather. Uh, the weather, um, and, uh, you know, whether it was going to uh, cooperate or not. And so uh, he took his chief weatherman, who was a guy by the name of Stagg, Captain Stagg, and he, uh, for about, from about 60 days before the invasion, he spent 30 minutes a day with him just to figure out how good he was at predicting the weather. He, he wanted to get a feel for the guy to know that when, once the, the moment came, whether he could really place confidence in this guy's predictions. I just thought that was genius. And then, of course, why did Eisenhower choose Omar Bradley to lead American troops as opposed to George Patton? Um, and then all the problems that that um, uh, Montgomery, the, the, the British general, uh, created. And it just it's all just so fascinating to me. I um I, I really don't even know what the D stands for um, because officially it was called Operation Overlord, but I do know what it produced. It produced once the beachhead was established. It 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 was it signaled the beginning of the end uh, of Nazi tyranny. And I don't know whether you did last weekend, but I did. I watched some of the news channels had um, special reports of the ceremonies that were taking place uh, over there uh, to commemorate the the invasion. I saw our president speaking and and I saw the French president speak a bit. And and basically they were all saying the same thing. They were saying, uh, we must not forget. Uh, We've come here to remember uh, that, uh, that there was something that took place here that was so monumental, so sacred, that we dare not ever neglect it. That the, that the price of freedom was blood and, and we, 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 sh- we cannot allow ourselves to, to ever have memory loss over such a monumental event and occasion. Rather interestingly, at least for me, uh, last Saturday, I had breakfast with a guy who had just come back from there. Uh, he had just taken his family to Normandy and had spent uh, uh, a few days on those same, those very beaches two weeks earlier. And he had hired a tour guide, a French tour guide to, to show him around the, you know, the, the whole invasion thing. And um, they, they came to the place where the, uh, where all the American GIs are buried. And my friend, um, was under the impression, or at least had heard someplace, that somewhere along the way, that the French government had deeded or had given that, that plot of ground in France to the American government to, to bury our dead. And so my friend asked his tour guide, um, have you ever heard of that? I mean, did, 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 is that, is that true? I mean, have you, have you ever heard that this piece of ground that we're looking at, we're all, with all the crosses, um, that, 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 that piece of land, that piece of ground is, is owned by the United States government. And this, this French tour guide, um, answered rather flippantly. He said, um, I don't know. 
you know, uh, but I, um, I sure hope so because that means just less tax dollars that we'll have to spend to maintain it. <laughs> well, that reply didn't exactly sit well with my buddy. And uh, he turned to him, which I thought was a great line. Uh, he turned to him and said to this French tour guide, he said, he said, yeah, you know, um, if these guys hadn't have done what they did, you'd be speaking German. <laughs> Apparently, this tour guide was either too young to understand or didn't care. But he had, he had forgotten the richness and the glory and the profundity of what he was showing my friend. Ladies and gentlemen, 2,000 years ago or thereabouts, on a place that some call Calvary, and others call Golgotha. Something so momentous, something so sacred took place that to forget it, to neglect it in any way, is unthinkable. On, on that hill, outside of Jerusalem, Something took place that means for me forgiveness of sin. There was something that was accomplished on a hill far away on which stood an old rugged cross that was so monumental, so sacred, that to, to, to neglect it, to forget it, to speak irreverently about it is unthinkable. Because what took place on that hill at the cost of shed blood was my deliverance from tyranny, from sin, and many of yours as well. And so, once a month, we call you back to that place. And we say, whatever you choose to forget, maybe it will be fine, except there will never be a proper excuse for ever forgetting the death of Jesus Christ. And so we, we, we spread symbols on a table and we call you, we call you to think through all over again. We call you to contemplate and meditate over an event that once it took place, it meant for me and you a deliverance from the bondage to sin that is ours. 
Ladies and gentlemen, I am not, I am not a theological expert. I, there are, there are a lot of theological intricacies that I'm still rather fuzzy about. But there is one thing over which I am crystal clear. And it is this. That apart from the death of Jesus Christ, I am still in my sin. Apart from what was accomplished on that hill far away, there is no hope for me. So, to neglect it, to forget it, to be fuzzy about it, is inexcusable. We must not allow anything to muddle our minds or or replace its importance or or confuse us. Oh, but 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 Dr. Young, I I'm I don't understand infant baptism. You don't, really. That's okay. But you must never forget the death of Jesus Christ for sin. Oh, but Dr. Young, I'll I, I don't buy into this predestination. Really? Fine. But you must never forget what took place on that cross and the benefit that has derived from it. Oh, but Dr. Young, I, um, I'm a, I'm a pre-trib. Well, you are. Really. Good to know. But all of those doctrines, ladies and gentlemen, all of those doctrines, though important, and I hope you do understand some things about them, but if you forget them, You will not be damaged. But if you forget this, if you speak flippantly about it, D-Day, the cross, what this is, ladies and gentlemen, is the centerpiece. It is the cornerstone It is the the apex of redemptive history. And we must not forget it. And so when asked, the only proper response is the tenderest terms of respect. What is that? Oh, Those are symbols that remind us of the greatest provision that God has made for sinful people like us. The death of Jesus Christ. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. never forget. Our Father, might our time around these elements do for us what a cemetery on the coast of France did not do for several Frenchmen 
might, might this commemoration of Christ's death move your people to the very core of their being as we remember that the price of our freedom from sin, from sin's tyranny, is the shed blood of Jesus Christ. That the only thing that could produce forgiveness for someone as wicked as I is the sacrifice of the Son of God. We make our prayer, of course, in Jesus' name. Amen.